program is. So is Lord possibly tweaking your heart to take over for Awanis? All right, here's your high five question. Let's see if you know uh, the answer to this. On average, about how many questions does a four-year-old ask in a day? <laughs> On average, about how many questions does a four-year-old ask per day? Just get as close as you think you might be able to. Thank you. All right, all right, all right, all right. How many questions in a 24-hour day does a child ask? How many questions? Uh, Tom, Dawn seems to think you know the answer. Do you have any clues? I don't know why she thinks. <laughs> What's that? Infinite. All right, Kelly what, Kelly, what was your number? 425. Oh, you looked it up. Facebook. 437, unless you're my daughter, Elizabeth. <laughs> Double, maybe triple that. We are praying for you, Ricky. <laughs> All right, I would like to open with that graphic. Could you pop that up there for me? Folks, children, parents here today, did you ever lose your kid or kids, did your parents ever lose you? Yeah, yeah, on purpose. Your parents tried to lose you on purpose, Ashley. They're sitting next to you. Be careful. Yeah. Sometimes in a crowd, somehow or another, the little ones, they get kind of lost. They get kind of lost in the crowd or whatever, and it can be a panicking, panicking time. I remember we were at Jogga Lake, and we lost Joshua for what, you know, if you've ever, has this ever happened to you, I think it was a minute. But as you're scanning the crowd, trying to look and see, one minute, all you're running through your mind is everything that can possibly go wrong, everything you've read, everything you've seen on the news, oh my gosh. We did find him, and later in life, we really kind of wished we would have lost him. <laughs> He's in Virginia, so he might, he probably won't listen to this. Hey, would you take a look at your notes? And I have at the top of your notes, watching kids. If you have a smartphone, I always let you know you go to the Bible app. 
follow along. Everything is on the Bible app because sometimes I cut short some of the verses and stuff like that to make sure I get it all on your notes. Watching kids, you know, keeping an eye on them, you know. The other day I saw a mom yelling at her kid in the parking lot. You know, they're going away from the store. And, you know, kids are down here and the cars are up here. And if you back up or pull forward, you can't see the kid. And they're screaming. You're keeping your eye on your kid. You're watching out for them. I was a lifeguard for a short period of time until like seven kids drowned and then they fired me. No, just no, I, was a, I was a lifeguard for a while. And it's amazing how quickly a kid can get out of the sight of the parent and in the water or do whatever, you know, they do. And so Cedar Point, you've been at Cedar Point. You've been in a music park. Jog a leg doesn't even exist anymore, you know. They can get it. So you're watching your kids. But I'd like to just ask you the question, have you ever watched your kid observe something and learn something from them? That's what we're going to do today. Have you ever watched your kid and seen they're without a care? They know that they will be provided for. I want to look today at kid-like Christian attitudes that Jesus taught adults to have. I, I don't really know how you, how you define what an adult is because I compare our age every, you know, to God's age. So I just think that in some ways today, God is saying, hey, everybody, start kidding around. In regards to three things that I'd like to teach with you today, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper today. So you keep that in mind. If you are here today, you don't have to come to this church. All you need to know is, is Jesus, your Lord and Savior. If Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you're welcome to take the Lord's Supper with us. Some faith lessons from children. Number one, I want to take a look at the need of a child. The need of a child. And since I was doing this in a childlike manner, I did these two uh, verses, these two uh, sections out of the New Living Translation. You have verse 35. Let me read the two verses that set this up. Jesus and his disciples arrive in Capernaum, and they settle in a house. Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer, because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. Get a bunch of guys together, and they'll play the one-upsmanship. Oh, you did that? Well, guess what I did? I did that? Well, guess what I did, you know? Here they're all discussing, hey, we're with the Messiah. You know, we're with, who's the greatest among them? Because what they wanted more than anything else, a little boy, a Jewish boy, wanted to be a rabbi, wanted to be taken under the wing of a rabbi. And if you're 30, like most of these guys were, you were passed over. All of these disciples were passed over. If you feel like you've been passed over in life, welcome to Jesus' crowd. He'll take you. You want to follow him? He will take you. And so they discussed and they, they were worried about their position. And this is going to be a hard lesson for them to understand. This is going to be a hard lesson for them to understand. This is going to be a hard lesson for you and me to get. Because the disciples didn't have anybody in their lives modeling this. Jesus came along and he was trying to teach them this. So look at verse 35 and that's what you guys have in your notes. So Jesus sat down, he called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone. Isn't it interesting you see Jesus here? Look at just his actions. He sits down and says, come on over here, guys. Didn't stand up, didn't lecture at him, wasn't pointing his finger, you know. He sits down and he teaches them this. And he, he, he verse 36, he, he put a little child among them and taking the child in his arms. Can you see this? Taking the child in his arms. He said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father 
who sent me. Now, this isn't just somebody who loves kids. This is somebody who takes a child into their arms on behalf of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus, so a child can know Christ, so a child can know salvation and eternal life and grow spiritually. There's no other way other than Jesus. In the ancient world, you think to yourself, well, there's this big deal is this. In the ancient world, a child was the lowest peg on a rung. They were the lowest child. They, they were no status whatsoever. And we really can't understand this in our day and age because we may have gone to the other side in extreme. But I digress. We, we value our children. And this, you know, this, that's why he's saying that they're like, what are you doing with this kid? Get this kid out of the way. Low status. So Jesus, you notice, he's in a house. I don't know whose house he's in. He's in a house, and he just grabs a hold of his kid, pulls it over, and there's someone there with no stature, no authority. There is a child. And Jesus says to them, and he shows them, you know, hey, you guys, when you show affection for those in society who can't help themselves when the rest of society is looking down on them he says to his disciples and you serve them they're down here your servants are down lower he says now you got my heart now evan you have my heart he says uh, when you serve them they will be the ones who will be open to my gospel don't just meet the physical needs of people when we reach out to help somebody, when we reach out to help Project Hope, whatever it is that we do, we want to make sure somehow or some way that they hear the gospel because it does us no good just to feed people and do this. this is what society does. We want to do the Christian thing. James uh, reminds us in James, the second chapter, verses 5 and 6, if you want to look it up, he says, Has not God chosen those who are poor in the sight of the world to receive his kingdom? He goes on to say, the rich are the ones who are suing you. What are you trying to chum up with the rich for? The poor, not just those who are broke, but the poor in society, those childlike. You know, because when it says here the need of a child, it is the need of a child is everything in society. To them, they were low on the totem pole. And Jesus is like, this is how I'm going to build my church. This is how I'm going to build my ministry. And here Jesus holds a child in his arms and tells his disciples that their ministry is to welcome all all the needy people in our society to minister to them, to do what you can for them. It's one of the reasons we have a recovery ministry. And it's one of the reasons when you go out, you're always sensitive to who, who might I need to bless or help. Before I became a Christian, I walked by the Salvation Army Bell every time without putting a penny in. I said, there's bells ringing in my head, but I don't know where they're coming from. Now, I kid you not, as the Lord just gently convicts me, I don't think I walk by him one time that I don't give him almost every time I go in or out, making up for a lot of lost years. I trust the Salvation Army. If you you got to give to whoever you trust. This child here represents all who in our society are given very little attention, very little status. This is exactly the opposite of what they were arguing about. You know, and I just ask myself the question: As we have a team of people who will help with Awana, who is God's touching their heart that says Awana, teaching kids the biblical truths? Ninety-seven percent success rate of kids who go through Awana the whole time stay in church. You want to be a part of that? Is Jesus 
tapping on your heart today. Jesus became the least in order to save us. He didn't just preach this. He's way up here and got way down here to save you and me. And he says, everybody here, listen, start kidding around a little. Start kidding around when it comes to helping those who are in need in our society. So we're in the Gospel of Mark. We're in chapter 9, the very next chapter. Now, I tried to figure out how much time went between chapter 9, verse 33, and chapter 10, verse 13. I know Jesus, it says, left this place. He went through the region of Judea. He crossed the Jordan. He, he, he handles this topic of divorce, and then he goes right into where we're going into. So I figure it was either several days or several weeks. I don't think it much matters, but it's that close of a timeline. And so number two in your notes, put the hand of a child. Folk, the need of a child is they're the lowest in society. Do we have our eyes open for that? Are we willing to lower ourselves and not argue about what position we're going to have? The hand of a child. Here's Mark 10, verse 13. This is the New Living Translation also. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents. They scolded the parents for bothering them. These are the same disciples that were on the road who we just had this teaching lesson with, picture lesson with, right? Um, But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them with an exclamation point. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a little child, like a child, I'm sorry, will never enter it. The disciples, they didn't learn from Jesus' previous lesson on children. And quite honestly, I can remember the last time I did a lesson on children that spoke to me so clearly about my demeanor, my, uh, who I am, how I treat children, and the lesson I learned. I can remember today the lesson I am relearning again today. The, 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 the hand of a child. I suspect that maybe they were having difficulty, we were having a little difficulty. I know I need to be reminded of it. You see, I know there's a time for children to not interrupt, right? You and I, we know it. But we always think that our adult conversations are so much more important and have been trying to do better and better. I always appreciate a, a parent teaching their child not to interrupt, but, you know, sometimes it's just like our conversations aren't all that important. You know, a kid comes running in, give them, you know, give them some time. Value them, whatever. If you're talking about something, maybe they need to scoot off. But parents, they were bringing their children to Jesus, and Jesus says to them a little bit later, another lesson, before we explain what the hand of a child is, is he said, you know, if there's any of you that causes one of these little ones to stumble, and by that he meant not to know the way, not to know Jesus, is not teaching your children spiritual truth. Is anyone, he said, it's better for you to have a millstone, which is probably about a thousand pounds, tied around your neck and you thrown into the sea. That's a little radical, Jesus. I mean, you're kind of violent. Isn't that, that's kind of like, he needs anger management or something, you know? I mean, that's not politically correct, you know, you wouldn't really, no, that's what Jesus said. And so the parents here today, this is our responsibility, take it seriously. And he says, the kingdom of heaven can't even be received unless as the 
This is what you understand. And, and the word receive there means to take with the hand. And so here is why I titled this the hand of a child. Though a child doesn't run around with their hand out all the time, only 50% of the time asking for something, everything about the child is the hand of the child because a child cannot do anything for themselves. Very little. We're constantly trying to teach them to do some things and we're trying to grow them up. But as a child, their hand is always out. They need somebody to provide for them. They need somebody to give them shelter, somebody to give them food, somebody to give them clothes. They need somebody to teach them spiritual truths. They need it. Their hand is out all of the time. And Jesus said, that's the only way that you can receive my kingdom. To understand, I am the provider. I know you need to work. I know you need to be responsible. I know all of that. But what are you so worried about today that God hasn't seen it and you haven't taken it to him in prayer? That you don't trust he's going to answer you that if you're anything like me, you're thinking, well, I've waited about three minutes now. I think that I'll just take matters into my own hands. What are you, you know, part of patience I learned last year is trust over long periods of time. Trust. Not quickly over a long period of time, that God hears, God knows, and He will. Literally, I, I, I had a friend who has since passed away, probably the smartest genius that I know. He was a Christian. We would talk things all the time. He was some type of a astrophysicist. I don't know what. He knew all of these crazy... And we would talk about scriptures. We would talk about crazy, talk about different things. And one of the things he always missed was some of the greatest little joys that Christians have because they simply believe. Because like a child, they just simply believe. And I told him, I, I said, yeah, you have, you're trying to figure this all out, but some of the greatest things that you experience as a Christian come simply because Jesus loves me. I, I, I just believe it. I trust him. We must learn to trust Jesus in every way and at every point of our lives. I ask myself and I ask you today, what are you fretting about right now that Jesus doesn't know about, that he promises to give you what you need and, what, and not what you don't need, maybe what you want a little bit, you know, you and me both, right? And then he closes with this. He uses the word I, I try to never use, and the word is never. I try to not use the word never. And always. I was teaching, I think, Thursday night, and I think it said always or never. That's a really tough word to say, and it's, sometimes we exaggerate, and it's not accurate. Jesus said never. And if he says never, then, I, and then, then it's okay. <laughs> he said, if you don't receive the kingdom of heaven like a child, you will never enter it. I wonder if, Somebody might be deceived here today. I, I would just say to myself and I say to you, hey, folks, let's start kidding around. Let's trust God as our provider. What he gives, he gives. What he withholds, he withholds. To be saved, you must put your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and to trust him to save you. He promised he would and that he would take you on into eternal life. Number one is the need of a child. They were the lowest in society. We are to look for those in society and minister to them. Number two is the hand of a child. The hand of a child is always out, and we come to Christ. You're our provider. Don't give us what you know is best for us. And you know it as well as I. He gives us a lot more than we, we deserve. And then number three is the demeanor of a child. 
This is the demeanor of a child. In Luke, the 10th chapter, uh, starting in uh, verse 21 there, Jesus is praying. He's talking to the Father. And can you notice that the, the Trinity is mentioned here? Notice that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are mentioned in this verse. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy. Now, what is Jesus so happy about? This, this is a little weird. Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. We got two of them so far, don't we? said, I praise you, the third, the Father, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was, this is what you were pleased to do. Jesus is full of joy. The Father is pleased to do what? Hide spiritual truths from those who think they're wise and learned and to reveal it to little children. People have the demeanor of a child. What is the demeanor of a child? What is it Christ is asking you? To, you know, the demeanor of a person lots of times is their mindset and a lot of it is their outward behavior. It's kind of when you kind of exude this quiet confidence, you know? Just like, nah. My, my, my dad's got this. You know, I know my mom's got this. My, my Jesus has this. There's this confident in a kid that they're going to get fed tonight. That they're going to be. It's their whole demeanor. And this is the demeanor that Christ asks us to put on. You know, spiritual truths, according to Jesus here, they're hidden from those who think they're wise and learned. And it says specifically that they're hidden because people who are smart in and of their own mind and their heart, they are really taking the place of God. The wise and the learned think that they know it. They think that they got it. Spiritually speaking, there were so many people in Jesus' day and there's so many people in our day, spiritually speaking, they think they know it. They think they got it. You try to teach them something from the scriptures or whatever and that you try to help them see something, maybe they're, and it's just like, you know, I, I got this. You know, no matter what, God is there. No matter what, you know, it's just all kinds of things that people teach. See, being a Christian adult means learning all of life's lessons right? It means learning to be responsible. It means learning how to hold job. It means learning how to treat people right. It means learning all of that, but keeping in mind my age versus God's age. Always keeping in mind my age versus God's age. 35-year-old versus however old he is. Close. Close. All right? Isn't that crazy? You think you're old. You think you're wise. You think you're learned. Compared to Jesus, you're a little kid. I'm a little kid. The second thing there is spiritual truths are, not, are hidden from the wise, but they're revealed to those who have a demeanor of a child. The word revealed here simply means to make known, to disclose what was before unknown. It just means it's revealed to them. Can you remember having your eyes and your heart open to Christ. I, I can remember having Bibles all over my house, but when I gave my life to Christ, I picked up my Bible, and it's like, I'm starting to get it now. I'm starting to get it now. Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. If a little kid says, I'm just going to trust in Jesus, we don't have any problem with that. Oh, he's just a little kid. But if some adult says, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to trust Jesus. <laughs> You're a nut. <laughs> don't say that in public, you know. 
yeah, what do you, you got to do something about it. Come on. I, I do what I need to do, but I really, I'm going to trust Jesus. And that's the heart that Jesus is looking for, the demeanor of an adult child. The demeanor of an adult child, you know. If today you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it's not because you're smart. It's because you approach Jesus with a childlike demeanor. You trusted him to wipe your sins away. And you trusted him to come live in your heart by the power and the presence of his spirit. And you trust him to guide and lead you and open the scriptures and you are a follower. Now that's good news, folks. That just means, hey, start kidding around a little bit more than you are. So in your notes, I have the phrase, you know, child safety lock. And when kids are small, you got child safety locks. We did everything. I think Maria put one on the fridge, but that was to keep me out, you know. Child safety locks everywhere. Matter of fact, on the nightstand next to our bed, uh, there's still a child safety lock. And every time I go to open it, bang, it hits it, and i got to push it down and open it. And I'm thinking today that I'm going to leave it on. I think I'm going to leave it on to the day I die to remind me of the central point, the asterisk, which I want to share with you today. I share it. It's personal with me. I think it's with everybody here today. Most adults have their child safety lock on. We got the child safety lock on. The need of a child, yeah, I'm not, I'm not lowering myself to, 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 to minister to those people. Mm-mm. A little kid, they'll go by. I can remember being at a football game with one of my kids. She had a balloon. She saw a mentally handicapped kid and said, is it okay if I give them my balloon? Adults, we hold on to our balloons. We've got our child safety lock on. We won't let the childlikeness of, 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 in our spirit come out. The hand of, Christ, of a child is trusting God to provide. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in a couple minutes, folks. And everything about the Lord's Supper says, I trust the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to do it as a picture word, as a picture lesson of what Christ has done for us. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ to save you, you probably shouldn't take the Lord's Supper unless this one condition. By taking it today, you are turning from your sins and you're asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior. The demeanor of a child, to have the faith and the trust. Abba, Father, simply means Daddy. Daddy God. You ever watch one of those videos on TV, one of those uh, YouTube videos, and some kid's doing something. And at the end of it, everybody says, ah. Let's say it together. Ah. You watch a kid do something cute, trust or whatever it might be, and you say, ah, I have a question for you. When is the last time God was watching over you and said, ah, you did something because you trusted him? If I could ask Candy to come forward, I'm going to have the ushers get ready. We're going to come pass the Lord's Supper out. And as we pass the Lord's Supper out, could you please Hold it in your hand because we'll take it together as Candy comes and, and plays for us. Will you just take the time to meditate a little bit? Is there something between you and Jesus that you need to ask for forgiveness of? Is there something between you and somebody else? Maybe they're here, maybe they're not, but you have to make a decision in your mind. When I go home today, first thing I need to do, I need to make a phone call. Go ahead, just begin. Oh, yeah, thank you. Let me take this here.
Thanks, John. You know, as you hold it and concentrate and just seek the Lord, just seek the Lord and ask Him. Number one, where do I need to be more childlike in trusting you? Today, I know there's something on your heart. There's something on my heart. There's something on your heart today to just simply trust the Lord. You know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If you say I'm having a hard time, maybe you're not a sheep. But if you are, claim that. Hey, Jesus, you said I am I'm a sheep. You're my shepherd. I can hear your voice. Now, here's the thing. The way to facilitate that is to be in the Bible. Let the Word of God speak to you on something you're trying to make a decision about. The Bible says seek the advice of friends. Find some godly people who won't schmooze you, who will tell you the truth. Oftentimes I talk with people that are thinking about going into full-time ministry and they have this very romantic idea of what it all is. And it's, it's, I just lay it down straight, you know. If I figure if I can scare them out of it, it might not be from God. (laughs) Ain't that right, Pastor Dave? (laughs) Oh, because it looks so wonderful sometimes. So take a minute to let the Lord examine your heart today. two weeks, August 12th, we are going to have baptisms down at Bill and Debbie Candace House on the lake. If you've never been baptized, I wonder if it's because you're too adult and not childlike enough. The early Christians were said, we repented, what do we do now? Be baptized, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ got today through next week to contact Nancy, email, whatever. you got to fill out a brochure. And the following Sunday, we're going to have food and all kinds of stuff afterwards. But all of you who have been baptized, would you please raise your hand? Yeah. Look, everybody survived. <laughs> if you haven't been baptized as an adult, I was baptized in infant. I, was, I need to be baptized as, as an adult to make a decision. Sign up and be baptized now that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. All right. Today you're getting bread and a little bit of juice. Next Sunday at 6 o'clock we're having prayer. Elizabeth will give you more information. We're going to come together. We're going to pray an hour or so. It's going to go so quickly. We're going to intercede for our country and for our kids and different things. And then we're going to have an ice cream bar because we're kids. We're kids, right down to it when we're kids. We're going to have an ice cream bar. We're going to have several different things going on there because that's what kids do. If you don't like ice cream, you're too old. This bread represents the wonderful body of Jesus Christ. It was broken on the cross for you. It represents his flesh being torn off of his body, being broken, not just so we would be saved, but so that we become followers. His followers of him will follow him and carry whatever our personal cross is that we have to carry. Would you take remembering what he did for you?
This juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said he wasn't going to drink from the cup again until he comes in the kingdom because he wanted to do it at the, what's called the wedding feast, the banquet. The church, the Bible calls the church, us, his bride. He's the bridegroom. There's going to come together a feast. And one of the things he tossed us is go out into the highways and to the byways. Invite anybody in. The, the people that had stuff going on, the rich, the wise, they were too busy. So he said go out into the highways and the byways and compel anybody in the streets to come that's that's our that's our that's our calling that's what we do take and drink today remember he shed his blood for you and me father as we close our service today will you please burn in our minds burn in our minds and burn in our hearts that we are to be children the demeanor of a child, the hand of a child, the need of a child. Whatever is on the hearts of people today, I, have a, I just have the sense that you're just lifting it from them. Because once again, they're going to say, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I've been getting a little wigged out. <laughs> but I'm going to back off. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to trust you, Lord. You certainly have the ability to speak. Lord, may people that are seeking go to your word and go to some people that they trust that know your word and will tell them the truth. They may give them what they want to hear. They may give them what they don't want to hear. But may we be glad just to have heard from you. May we take the child safety lock off. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lifeline. We're going to go over a couple of announcements. Remember, everything will be on your calendar, so uh, you can always look at that for some of the information to see when exactly it's happening and if the ushers would come down with the friendship pads and fill those out if you can, please. That helps us do ministry in the office in a couple of different ways. You can put your email if you're new. Um, Pastor Evan sends out an email about once a week to kind of tell you what the next sermon is going to be so you can read the scripture ahead of time and prepare your hearts for it. We mentioned a couple of these announcements, but I'm just going to go over them again so that way you remember as you leave and you can put it on your calendar. August 5th, which is next week, we're having a prayer night at Life House in Leeway. We switch back and forth. Last time it was here. This time it's going to be there. It's at 6 p.m. And as we mentioned, we're going to be praying for church growth. Back to school. School's coming up here soon for our children, our country, and our leaders. And... It's an hour of your time, and the Bible says where two or three are gathered, he is there with them. So come and gather. You're not going to be asked to pray in front of everybody if you don't want to, but it's a great opportunity to come and just be a part of the congregation, be a part of the church body, and um, in unison and agreement. Amen means I agree. So come and just say amen um, and pray with us. We also mentioned that baptisms in two weeks are going to be held at Bill and Debbie Candace home on Lake Erie. So again, if you haven't been baptized and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and this is a great opportunity uh, to show friends and family that you are not ashamed. The Bible says if you're ashamed of him, he is 
going to say he's ashamed and doesn't know you. So just come. If you haven't been baptized, pray about it. But we need to know soon. Nancy needs information by next week. So please fill out the brochure. Pray about it this week. Um, And if you feel that tugging on your heart, um, be like a little child. Let go of the fear and be baptized. Fall Bible studies are starting in September. If you are interested in either hosting or facilitating a Bible study, please let Kathy Barham know. We do have a lot of resources, so if you're interested, maybe your gift is teaching, but you don't know what to to teach, you can call Kathy. Kathy has a list of stuff that we already have that you can kind of look through um, and hold some Bible studies. And we've also mentioned it, but we are going to be doing a meal for Project Hope for the homeless. Again, it's just a great way to reach out to our community, to um, give back to those who are needy, um, and do it in the name of Jesus. So Gina Inman has all of the information for that. The list of things that are needed are in your program, so please look at that and let her know if you can assist. And just remember, we have a prayer team if you have a prayer request specifically. See someone on the prayer team, fill out a card, put it in the box outside. Um, Saturday, August 4th is our men's monthly breakfast. So this upcoming Saturday, men's breakfast. And then Saturday, August 11th, the ladies are going to bowl at Scores Fun Center in Painesville. All the information is in your program. I just want to mention it so if you're interested, you can look at it and find the information. If you're new with us today and you didn't get a mug, please see one of the ushers or one of us will get you a mug um, just to say welcome. It's got some information in there. And remember, Pastor Evan pastors two churches, so he scoots out and heads over to Lifehouse for their sermon. But if you need to get in touch with him, please see one of us. We can help set that up. Other than that, we hope you have a great day. Go get some coffee and donuts. Mm -hmm.